Life Coaching on the Move. I am your host, Dawn Fisk. Welcome along to this podcast. Um, I am really grateful for you to for your time and for the fact that you've chosen to listen to this. Really appreciate that you're here. And I've got a real treat for you this week. And next week, actually, this week I have a guest. Simon Tucker is joining me in a conversation where we are chatting about Simon's journey, really, um, how he's progressed in his career, his business life, how he's overcome challenges, obstacles, and um, got where he is today, really, what kind of mentality he used, what mindset he used, and how, in particular, the power of saying yes has helped him throughout life now when he reflects back. And I think it's absolutely inspirational. We can all learn from that. There's some great little stories in his journey, and he's a pleasure to talk to. So I think you're going to find that really, really helpful. So listen now to Simon Tucker. Also, I guess going to give you the heads up that next week I have another guest, Kay Osborne, who is a nutritionist running her own really successful nutrition company. She has got, she is so proactive on Facebook groups and has a huge following um, and is changing people's lives. And she is talking about how she has helped people through lockdown with their nutrition. And there are loads of practical tips in there and advice in there for all of us for in particular the next few months the next say six months with covid um what we can do to help our uh, immune system how we can keep ourselves well fit and healthy through nutrition uh, so she's got lots of practical tips and advice that we can all take there so listen to next week's episode two in the meantime let's crack on to this week's podcast episode of Life Coaching on the Move. And don't forget that you can contact me should you want to request anything or uh, request coaching or any online programs or workshops. My website is www.milestone-coaching.co.uk where you can contact me or find out all sorts of things or follow the blog. Enjoy today's podcast. Hi, Simon. It's Dawn. Welcome Good afternoon. To, hi, welcome to Life Coaching on the Move podcast. You are my second ever guest. This is very exciting. Thank you very much. I'm for, very privileged. No, uh, I am grateful to you coming on. Um, now, we met actually um, in a, a networking meeting, didn't we, for businesses and got chatting yes. and realised we were in fairly similar line of work um, in so far as sales and a sales background. And I thought it would be a great opportunity to get you on here to talk about your journey, because it's a dead interesting journey that you've had. Um, would you feel happy to share that with the listeners? More than happy, Dawn. Yeah, very, very happy to talk to you and uh, answer any questions you might have. Oh, okay, so am I right in thinking you were in the corporate world for a good few years? Oh, yes, a long, long time. I started my working life when I was 16 um, and didn't leave corporate life until 2005. So um, I was 16 back in 1978. So it's a good few years I was in the corporate world. That is a long time, isn't it? I mean, I, 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 I hate the inference that that's drawing, but that's a long time in the corporate world. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll be 59 very shortly, so oh, no secrets. <laughs> So you were in a safe environment, you were secure, you'd got a, a history, you'd got a reputation, it was all going well? 
Yeah, very well. I got myself up to um, from rookie salesperson back in 1980 up to European sales and marketing director by 2005 when I finally decided to jump ship and go and work for myself. So yeah, I'd had a really good sales life, had a good um, career. Um, I was on a very good salary with a nice pension. <laughs> so it was quite a leap of faith to jump away from it, I must admit. Well, this is the bit that I'm interested in. This was the bit that um, pricked my ears when we were talking on the networking only site. What Some people listening to this might be thinking, what? You gave up security, <laughs> you gave up certainty, you gave up a great title um, and uh, you'd, you'd reached a really good level. What on earth encouraged you to take that huge leap? What, what was behind it? That's a very good question. I think at the time, though, to be honest, as I said, I'd had um, you know, a long, long career, but I just felt a bit stuck. Um, I was working for a very nice company. I said I had a nice team and a couple of old colleagues of mine um, approached me at that time just to get some information. They were planning to start a finance business um, for dentists, which is the area I spent most of my life in, working with dental equipment and selling to dental practices. Um, so that was a set market. That market wasn't going to go away, was it? It wasn't no, a volatile no. market or anything like that. No, a very stable market in truth. I mean, dentistry is always going to be there. We're always going to need our teeth fixed. And as an industry, it's a small industry in the UK. It's, there's 11,000 dental practices, but it's a very good industry and a, um, and a fun industry. It's taken me all over the world. Mm. Um, and these colleagues came to me with an idea and said they wanted some data effectively about the dental equipment market. Could I help them? So I said, yes, of course. And we met a couple of times and I gave them um, as much background as I could in terms of what the market was like at that point. Mm -hmm. And then a few weeks after that, they came back to me and said, how do you fancy joining us? And they were launching a new product at that time, a brand new idea, which effectively was consumer finance so that dental patients could pay for their treatment using credit. And it had right. been around, but um, not really used in a, any big way. Mm -hmm. And call it a midlife crisis, call it, you know, craziness, whatever you want to call it. I was in a position where I thought, you know, I'd really like to have a go at that. I've never been self-employed. I know these guys well. Um, what's the worst that can happen? <laughs> so um, just a, a bit further background, my children at that point, my son was just about to go off to university and his sister was only a couple of years behind him. Um, mm. We still had a mortgage. Uh, my wife was working part-time. And so I spent uh, a long weekend talking to her about it. Yeah. Um, and saying that the only way to get the business off the ground was we were gonna have to go and borrow a hundred thousand pounds against the value of our house, <laughs> oh <laughs> which was quite word. some conversation, I can assure you. <laughs> oh um, my word. <laughs> But to her credit, she said, what's the worst that can happen? And I said, it goes wrong and we have to sell the house. And again, to her credit, she said, well, I guess if we don't try now, at that point, I was in my early 40s. Um, we'll never know, will we? So let's do it. So we did. We jumped off the cliff. We went and borrowed the money. Um, and interestingly, the other three uh, people I joined the business with, were actually all unemployed at that point. So they didn't really have quite so much to lose. Um, yeah. I gave up a good job, you know, uh, a pension fund and all the other stuff to, to give it a go. But it, it just, it felt right. It felt like something I wanted to take on the challenge to see if we could make it work. And fortunately it did. It took a lot longer than we imagined, but it did work. Um, so 
Um, I'm glad I did it. It could have gone horribly wrong, but I said, at the end of the day, what's the worst going to happen? I have to go and get a job and yeah. sell the house, perhaps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my word, did you not get moments of, in the middle of the night, cold sweats, thinking, have I done the right thing? Did you, did you get any self-doubt? Um, I oh, absolutely. <laughs> a lot of my clients are uh, crossroads. Um, particularly now actually Simon because of the Covid you know maybe they've yes. been made redundant um, or maybe they're at a similar crossroads to you where they've been in the corporate world for a long time or any any employment actually where they're thinking it's not fulfilling enough I've always wanted to be a pig farmer or whatever it is um, life's short what, what would you advise then how do you overcome those moments at one o'clock in the morning when you're in a cold sweat of doubt <laughs> take a deep breath yeah <laughs> um, breathe it helps to have people you can talk to about it um i again i had some good friends that i was able to to go and discuss those kind of situations with mm -hmm. um and at that point i think the first couple of weeks having left my job and actually got going it was really exciting with the new business because i, I said i'd stepped away from corporate life i was suddenly free if you like from any corporate restraint and we could do what we liked with the business but i want to emphasize we had no business at that point it was a complete startup mm. so we really had to um think hard about what we we're going to do and that's it was a it was probably six weeks in when i suddenly sat at my desk one day thinking my goodness what have i done i've mm. you know i've got a family i've got to feed them and i did i genuinely started to panic because nothing was happening you know we were we were busy doing stuff yeah but nothing was coming in it takes um, time to get the results. It does. And it, it took, in fact, it took another six or eight months before we really started to, to make things happen. I think uh, we started in October 2005 and it was February 2006 before we even transacted one deal. Um, so there were many moments of cold sweats and panic, um, but we talked to each other. We supported each other through it. Um, that, I mean, myself and the, the three guys that started the business. Um, and I talked to, you know, friends and family and, and they, fortunately, all they kept saying to me was, you can do it. You've done, you know, you've come this far in your life. You've, um, not had a brilliant education. I came away from school with no qualifications whatsoever. I did an engineering apprenticeship and then I got into the business world. So, you know, I, I, I've managed to work my way up. So all everybody kept saying to me was, we've well, done it before, albeit in the corporate world. We're, we have faith you can do this. So if I hadn't talked to people, I think I would have really struggled, but you've got to, you've got to find somebody or some, or a number of people you can just let off steam to and, and let your, your worries out. People who aren't going to judge you. Yeah. That, that comes back to so many of previous episodes where I've, I, I can't under stress really how important connections are, you know, yes. friendships, relationships, just contact with other human beings. In particular, we just got um, through or past uh, Mental Health Awareness Week last week. Yes. And very much with mental health, everything, moving jobs, taking big risks like this, everything. The, the crux of it is, is reaching out to people and turning to your friends or your loved ones and not it's, doing it alone, not being isolated, not struggling. It is. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I met you through networking recently, which was fantastic. And I've met some really, really good people through the same networking group and other networking groups. Um, and only this morning I was talking to somebody um, who is a, uh, a coach for predominantly for male 
um, executives. Yeah. He, he will only take on male executives, but he's a, a, a coach to help them, you know, realize what's important in life, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. I was saying to him, I wish I'd met him, you know, when I was 35 to 45, because at that point I was going through all those struggles and it would have been great to have met somebody like him who just listens, gives you encouragement. And even today, him and I were doing um, a little exercise together because we're both pretty gregarious. We're both confident. Yeah. We struggle to talk to camera to make some marketing videos. Um, oh, so we're I doing see. it together. We're supporting each other. So which is yeah. great. You need yeah. that help. You do. Uh, no man is an island and never is that nope, truer, absolutely. I think, than these days. You know, we're all going through uncertain times, vulnerable yeah. times, some with careers, uh, some with health, some with all of it. Um, and I, I really think what's going to get us all through this difficult winter is pulling together, looking after yes. each other, supporting each other, which is why the networking um, that you and I both uh, are part of, the group, um, is so important but friendships loved ones um as you say a coach that you're working with it keeps you saying yes. it keeps you on track and sometimes yeah. i think we don't know what we're thinking until we hear ourselves say it sometimes it whirs around in our head endlessly like a washing machine at three in the morning and it's not until we hear ourselves say it out loud that we get some clarity um in fact actually um i, I was reading recently the power of journaling because because you're getting it out of your head and you're writing it down if you haven't got someone you can talk to and share it with writing it down is has been found to be as effective as talking therapies because again you're you're getting clarity and you're hearing what you're thinking just by recording it down on paper absolutely yeah yeah um, i agree so so you turn to others in moments of doubt um yeah. and you got through the difficult times what when you look back at all of that. Actually, I was really interested in what you said, Simon, about your education, that, that yes. you started at the bottom and you worked your way up. We're having this debate in our own family, actually. It's very topical because my son is 18 and he is adamant that he doesn't want to take up his uni place offer. Right. He doesn't want, he's deferred to keep uh, my husband happy, I think. Um, but he is adamant that ultimately he doesn't want to go to uni. He wants to set, follow his own path he's got a goal he's got a direction and he wants to start at the bottom and work his way up um yep. what would you say to people you know to youngsters that might be listening to this because I know a lot of young people listen to this who may or may not be trying to work out whether to to go next year to university to do it. what would you say now oh that's a good one um as I said I I wasn't I wasn't I was a terrible student so I didn't I'm not blaming the education system. I was a bad student, so I didn't like school. Yeah. And I didn't listen. Um, and at that point, back in the 70s, it was pretty easy to get an apprenticeship. Um, and in fact, I fell into an apprenticeship at Rolls-Royce, you know, a world-class company. Um, I fell into that. So it was relatively easy for me at that point. Mm. Jumping from there into the sales world, again, at that point, early, you know, beginning, beginning of the 80s, again, there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of jobs around. And I was able to... You know, I, I had to work reasonably hard, but I was able to get interviews and get into a sales role uh, without too much difficulty. And worked hard, kept putting my hand up and saying, I'll do that, I'll do that. And eventually somebody says, well, go on, do it then. So, you know, I, I was just brave enough and or stupid enough, not sure which, to put my hand up and volunteer for lots of different things. So I learned on the job. 
I, I had a life, I know everybody says they're from the school of life, but I generally did have a lifelong apprenticeship, if you like, from in, in the business world. Mm. And I was given lots of opportunities, albeit, as I said, I kept sticking my hand up to take, to ask for those opportunities. But my advice now to young people is firstly, yes, if you've got a plan and you have a dream, I think it's important you follow it. Um, my daughter was heavily encouraged by her tutors at school to go and do a proper degree, as they called it, because she was brilliant at English, um, loved English. Yeah. But she's since three years of age, she wants to be an actor. So she's she went off to acting school, got her degree in acting and has been acting ever since. Um, and there was no way I was going to discourage her and say to her, well, the school's right. You really need to get a proper education first. It was her dream and she was determined. Mm. And I think as long as you are determined and you you know where you want to go, then follow that dream. Yeah, follow your guts. Or, yeah, follow your guts. Because if it feels right, it probably is. Like yeah. me starting that business, it just felt right. I had no idea whether it was going to work or not, but it felt right. And I wanted to do it. And I think if you're uncertain then take the safer route if you can't decide then yes I would say go and do the university degree continue your education because it will give you other life skills you might not totally enjoy the course that you're following but you'll meet lots of people you'll make lots of connections and you'll hopefully have a lot of fun yeah but if you know what your dream is I would say and I might get shot by some parents for saying this but I would say follow your dream because life is short and if you don't do it now you'll possibly regret it. I'm totally with you on it. I, I absolutely agree with you. And that's exactly what I've said to my son. And it's exactly what I say to clients, actually, that come for coaching who are at a crossroads. Should I mm. take, take the risk and set up this business? I've always wanted to make jewellery or I've always wanted to do X, Y and Z, whatever it is. I've always wanted to be a writer um, and so on. And I say, just follow your gut. Just you'll never know unless you try. And as your Precisely. wife said to you, what's the worst that could happen? Um, <laughs> well, the worst that could happen, I think, actually, I genuinely think this, the worst that could happen is you'll get to the ripe old age of 96 in your nursing home telling your new fellow um, residents all about your life. And you'll be saying, I, I always wanted to do this, this and this. I wish I had. I didn't. Wish I had. Yeah. Absolutely. And that, I think, is the worst that could happen, that you look back and think, why didn't I do this? And why didn't I follow my heart and take some risks? Absolutely. Risk? Yeah, exactly. And if I, um, there, was a, there was a second period in my life where I took, or we as a family took that risk, which was Prior to me leaving the corporate world back in 1994, I was offered the opportunity to move with the company I was with to America. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I spoke to my wife. My children were both very young and um, the company offered to take us to America. We'd never been to America, not even on holiday. They took us over there for a week to have a look around. And again, on the flight on the way back, we discussed it. And it was my wife who said, well, actually, I think if we don't take this opportunity, we will regret it we need to take the opportunity. It'll be good for the children. It'll be good for us. And it was. So again, we, we took the leap. We moved lock, stock and barrel, house, family to Chicago. And we had a fantastic three years. Oh, was... And that's your history. That's your memory. It's so important exactly. you've given that memory to your children. Yes. Um, that's what it's all about. I think it's about our memories. It's about having no regrets. Uh, your your wife is a woman after my own heart. I just, <laughs> just think you, you wouldn't have known. You would always perhaps have regretted that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I think for my children in particular, my son, when we moved over, there was six. My daughter was three. 
they were nine and six when we came back. Mm. Um, but it opened their eyes to the world. Um, yes. And now they, they travel without hesitation. They're yeah. open to all cultures and values and beliefs. Um, my son now lives in Germany. My daughter's traveled the world with her acting career. You know, it's, it's really, it, it, I know we were lucky. We had the opportunity, but we took the opportunity. And I, I don't, it doesn't have to be a big change like that. Sometimes mm. it could be moving area. Sometimes it could be just changing company. Or as you said, starting your own business. But I think if you, if you don't take those opportunities when they present themselves, as, as you said, the worst that can happen is you're getting to older age and you think, oh, I wish I had. Yeah, which exactly. I think it's a horrible thing to to have to to think about, really. Yeah, because you can't change it then. You can't do anything about it. But we no, can. No. What What I like here, though, is you're saying it takes courage. I think it absolutely takes courage to 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 move your young family lock, stock, and barrel to an unknown country where you've never even been on holiday. That takes <laughs> real courage as or a family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what, what what should we call it a bit of both maybe but yes. and also it takes a real you were prepared to take risks in both of your big steps in life your big changes you took yes. risk um and many people don't like risk many people want the safest option they want absolute certainty yes uh, they'll they'll search and search and research and they'll check everything and that's fine that everybody's different but sometimes we've just got to take a leap of faith and jump and know that that parachute will open or at least you know we've got to try these things and I think the more we take risks the more used to risk taking we become and the less frightening it is Yes, and I think, you know, you can do all the research you want if that's your thing um, and really checking all the detail. But if you just take that final step and start that jewellery business or arts and craft business or manufacturing business, whatever is your thing. Mm. As I said, the worst that can happen is it, it doesn't succeed. It doesn't continue. It, 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 I don't like to use the word fails, but because we all know that without trying, there is no failure. And without failure, there's no learning. So... As I said, the worst that can happen in terms of having a go is that you have to close the business down and you go and find a job. Not yeah. that finding a job's easy these days, we understand that. But ultimately, as long as nobody's harmed or nobody dies in the process, yes. what's to lose? Give it a go. Because as I said, the one thing you will never do is regret trying. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm completely behind you on that. Um, those wise words of wisdom. <laughs> what did you do then? Did you, so what, what was the next thing? Where did your future well, go we, from there? Well, we built the, the, the finance business we built up um, and we cooperated, we networked really hard. Dentistry is a small world, so it's not difficult to network, but we networked really hard. And one of the big corporate businesses that we were working alongside who uh, was not a competitor, we really were very aligned in what they were offering, dental practices and what we were offering. Mm. Um, of course, we became attractive to them as a, as a proposition to acquire us. And they approached us three times over three years to, to buy the business. And um, we decided at that point we didn't want to sell it. And then finally, um, we decided that we would sell it. Now, part of that was, um, I think I've emphasized, well, there were four partners when we started it. Two thirds or a third of the way into the business starting, we found that one of the partners was stealing from us. So we had to buy by that person out okay. um, which was not an easy process so we had some trauma as well yeah um but then as i said three years on um 
the, the bigger corporate company came to us yet again. And at that point, we'd been through the 2008 crash, mm -hmm. um, which ha ha actually helped us because we were offering um, credit to people. So it did, the, the crash actually helped us bizarrely. Yeah. Um, but we got to a point where we thought, well, we can continue as we're going, or do we, you know, sell the business to the corporate? There was a good marriage in it. You know, it felt like it was a good fit. And mm -hmm. we were all three of us going with the business. Um, so we did that. Um, we decided to take the offer where uh, we didn't come out of it multimillionaires, but we came out with, you know, an, uh, a reasonable um, return on our investment, shall we say. Sure. Um, and we all had a good job with it. So, uh, which was fine. Mm -hmm. But what I realized was very quickly into that, once we'd sold, was I was back in the corporate world. And having been mm. self-employed then for uh, seven or eight years, I just wasn't enjoying it. I missed the freedom of making my own decisions. Um, so again, I took the opportunity of being in a better financial position now um, than I'd ever had been. And I stepped away from that corporate world and started on my own, just, but just me this time. So and since 2013, I've been working purely on my own. And that's where we find you now, isn't it? Um, it is, yes. So yes. T tell us a little bit about what you're doing now. Well, I, I jumped ship, as I said, in 2013. Um, a big part of what we've been offering our clients at the time, which was dental practice, was um, sales communication training for them and their team to help them sell more dental treatment. Because naturally, if we taught them how to sell more treatment, they used more of our finance. So it was a, we were effectively training our own sales force. Um, and I'd made connections with uh, lawyers and accountants that were specialists to the dental field. And they'd asked me to do some training for them. And then I'd been asked by one of the dental manufacturers to go and do some sales training for their team because I knew the dental market. And so I'd already built a little bit of a, um, a background in sales coaching and sales training with predominantly dental businesses. Mm -hmm. So that's what I focused on. I, I went out on my own as a sales coach, sales trainer, again, predominantly focused at dentistry because that's what I knew. And then as is likely to happen, if you keep networking, somebody introduced me to a friend of theirs who had an engineering business. And my first job, as you may remember, was as an engineer. So they said, can you train our sales team to do sell engineering products? And I said, yes. <laughs> I'd never done it before, but I thought, I'm sure I can. So I did. Doesn't um, surprise me I, hearing your story. I think I think you say yes to anything. You, you, you are one of these people that will put your hand up and then think afterwards, oh, now what do I How do? How do I do that? Well, can I tell can I tell you a quick story on that, yeah. John, if I may? The reason the reason for that is back in my young days, while I was still at school, I got picked to be on a television program, a children's television program for one series. Did it you? Was called Why Don't You Just Switch Off Your Television Set and Go and Do Something Less Boring Instead, or Why Don't You For Sure? So I did that for ten weeks when I was thirteen. Um, my TV stardom ended there, I have to say, but. <laughs> A few weeks after the series ended, I got a call from the producer who said they were looking, they were making a new um, television show. It was going to be a series, a drama series um, for children. And they needed somebody who was my age, my height, my hair color, et cetera, et cetera. Could I ride a horse? And stupidly, I said no. So I didn't get the, I didn't even get the audition, of course. And when I hung up, my dad said, you should have said yes, we'd have got you lessons. <laughs> so... Ever since my, you know, I was 13, anybody said, who can do this? I've always put my hand up and said, yes, I could do that. <laughs> and then worried about it later. <laughs> so that's the reason for that. And it's got me into trouble, of course. Um, but mostly it's got me, it got me the career I've, I, I've had. Because I just kept saying, I'll do that. I'll do that. 
And as I said, eventually somebody says, go do it. (laughs) Simon, I think that is the biggest learning from this whole episode. And and there are lots in this to inspire all of us. But I think (laughs) if there's only one thing that we all take from this, it's say yes and then think about it afterwards on how. (laughs) Don't worry about the how, just commit. No, just say yes. (laughs) Just say yes. So anyway, so I, I ended up working for this engineer or training um, the guy, a couple of guys in this engineering business. And I'd said to the owner, look, either, you, either you're either you gonna need to pay me because these two guys have never sold before. They're brilliant engineers, never sold anything before. And these machines are a million dollars each. So Oof. it's big sales, you know, big corporate sales. So mm. I said to the owner, you are, either you need to pay me to go and follow these guys around for their first couple of, you know, big, big meetings or you need to do it you're the owner of the business you've built it up one of us and I said I'm guessing you're not going to pay me so you need to go and do it and he said yeah yeah of course I'll do that three months later he's calling me saying it just isn't working they're really messing up what should I do and I said well you know when have you been out with them he said I haven't and I said okay so where's where's the most recent call that one of the one of these two guys has done he said I sent him to China I said what on his own he said yes and I said, and you wonder why you messed up. <laughs> so five hours after that conversation, I get a call to say, could I be in China in January for a week? I said, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and then two hours later, he's calling me back saying, right, your flights are this. Can I have your passport so I can get you a visa? Off you go. And I've, I've been working with that company ever since. Um, coaching, training, selling. And I've, again, I've traveled the world for them. So on, on a contractual basis, I'm not employed. They have mm. tried to employ me, but I refuse. Um, and I've, I've been all over the world for them, selling machines, you know, said for the car industry, actually, nothing to do with dentistry, but because I said, well, yes, I can do that. <laughs> yeah, again, there's the moral of that tale, but also I think, Simon, we, it, sales are sales. Once you've, once you've yes. fundamentally yeah. grasped the element of sales and how to coach people in sales and train people yes. in sales, that can go across all sorts of industries. Um, it can. Yeah. And I was just thinking there about COVID and everything. Um, you're, you're in a very similar line of work um, to me where it's about development, training and development. And that is often the first thing that goes with um, financial yes. constraints um, and problems like that. Um, yes. Training and marketing get cut immediately. Oh, when there's straight away. Yeah. And yet you've just, again, it's more proof there that actually it's the wisest investment. Get them selling and selling well and you make that money. It it's, it's yes. brings back the returns so quickly. So it's such a wise investment and such short sighted view to cut training, development, coaching, marketing, um, possibly actually. Yes if you can it's the thing that should be invested in more so that you continue to get good sales and good sales people or good productive people in your your corporations that are working well yes. and effectively and productively and the yeah. time management's good etc cetera, etc cetera. you're going to get that return on you from that yes. investment yeah. and and two or threefold or more who knows yes um absolutely so it's it's definitely worth continuing to invest in that in these difficult times I would say would you I think it's I think it's vital Dawn I really do yeah Yeah, I absolutely agree Um, so when you look back what would you change would you I wouldn't change no I wouldn't change anything um I'm you know well maybe I'd have studied a bit harder at school but I said I didn't like school so Mm. you know I can't change history um no I wouldn't change it I 
have I got have I done things I shouldn't have done? Yes. Have I done things I wouldn't do again? Yes, but nothing life threatening. Um, you know, small small things where I've perhaps said the wrong thing to somebody or, you know, done something stupid at a sales meeting, or whatever. We've all done that. But ultimately, I've had a very good career because I kept saying yes. Mm. Um, interestingly, now I work for myself. I do have to learn to say no sometimes because I tend to take on too much when actually I'm trying to have a, um, you know, a bit more of a uh, balance in my life in terms of my wife works four days a week. So I try not to work on Fridays. Mm. But I still struggle to say no to something when they say, can we can we get together on Friday for a meeting? <laughs> I must learn to say no occasionally. But yeah. because I'm always I'm aware that my opportunities in life have come around because I've just said yes. Mm. Um, yes. So, you know, I, it's hard. That's a hard habit to break now. And it's one I wouldn't I would encourage everybody to say yes more um, just to try it, because if, short of anybody being injured or dying, no harm is going to come to anybody in the making of this career. Uh, the pennies just dropped, actually. And now I know why you're on the podcast, because I asked you. <laughs> and your your <laughs> philosophy of just saying yes, I think has paid <laughs> off for me. I've benefited. <laughs> well, that's very nice to hear. Very nice to hear. So, so what would you, bringing this to a close, um, we're running yes. out of time now. What, for the benefit of the listeners, um, what advice would you give anybody if this has resonated with them? Um, what would you leave them with in terms of um, thought-provoking words that they can take away from this? Don't, don't mess around too much. If you've got an idea, go for it. Yes, seek advice. Yes, talk to your friends and family. But to be honest, your friends and family are going to tell you it's a good idea, whatever you say, because they're not going to judge you. They're going to say it's great. So talk to somebody slightly independent, if you can, if you're really not sure. But ultimately, just have a go. Take the risk because the only thing you will ever regret is not taking the risk. Yeah, um, exactly. So just give it a go. And, you know, do all the research, make sure you've got all your ducks in a row if that's what makes you comfortable. But at some point you have to make the jump, otherwise you'll never do it. Cause you can research and research and research and you'll always find things that will put you off. But ultimately, if it's an idea, it's in your heart, it's in your gut. I've always based all of my judgments on, if it feels right, I'm gonna do it. Yeah. If it feels, if I have any doubt, then the answer is no. But if I, if there's no, no real doubt, I'm going to go for it and just have a go at it. So that's what I would say to everybody. Just and ultimately, actually, if they want to talk to me, I'm happy to talk to anybody who's got an idea. If they, you know, for free, they can Aww. get on a Zoom call with me or a phone call, and I'm very happy to to talk to them. I, I I lectured recently to well twice now in the last few years to the business students at Bournemouth University, and I'm about to do the same at uh, Pearson College now to the students looking for placements and um, internships. And I'm just saying the same to them. Be prepared, do your research, put, you know, find out all about the business you want to go and work for and give it a go. There's no, you know, whether it's Apple or it's a startup, give mm. it a go. That's brilliant. I love the fact that you're doing that and giving back. Um, where can people reach you? How do they contact you if they want some I, you to talk to their audience or they want some advice or or sales training? Because we've said how valuable sales training is to get your team really strong and really competent at selling where can they get hold of you well they can find me on linkedin i'm just there as simon tucker or i'm also got a business page called profitable conversation and my website is profitableconversation.com so you can find all my contact details there there's no secrets 
my date of birth, my email address, my home address, which is my office, is all on the web. So if you want to track me down, if you Google Simon Tucker Profitable Conversation, you'll find me. Oh, that's um, brilliant. And I'm very happy to take emails or calls from anybody that's thinking of starting a business or got some doubt about what they're doing or just wants to throw an idea past me. That's I'm happy to take those calls. So. Oh, that's brilliant. Really kind. Thank you. I've, I don't know about the listeners, but I have really enjoyed talking to you and you've inspired me. Um, you've uh, confirmed in my mind that I was right with my gut feeling advice to my son. Yes. And um, I hope it's been really, really helpful to the listeners. Thank you so much. Thank it's you. It's been a Simon. pleasure. Thank you very much for inviting me. I can't, uh, I've, I've had a lot of fun in the last 45 minutes. Thanks very much, Dawn. Oh, and good luck with everything that you do. I don't think you need luck, but good luck, all the best. Thank you. Thank you.